One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's tough, but I'm Matt Riddle. I fought all around the world in steel cages, knocking people out and breaking bones. It's what I do. So again, do you want me to knock them out or tap them out? August 1 warning, identity revealed as the MMA legend Tito Ortiz. Hello there, folks. Welcome to We Don't Know Wrestling. I am your host, Sam. This week... I am joined by the one and only Jared Goldberg. Jared, how you doing? I am excellent, Sam. And yourself? I am. I am doing well. I am yeah. doing well. Um, well, this is gonna be a part two, actually, um, to a podcast we've pre- previously done um, on fat wrestlers. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I don't know if where we left off. Um, I think we probably had about 100, 150 names last go around. Uh, I, you know, all I remember is talking about Jerry Blackwell, talking about Super Porky, and talking about Buddy Rose. So the, the rest is fair game. I'll do it all again. <laughs> the only wrestlers that matter. Um, but no, we're happy. Those are three great wrestlers. That's true. Like, There's not, no denying. Not to go back to that podcast, but those are three truly tremendous wrestlers. That are also husky. Yes. The important disclaimer on that. Yeah. So this is going to be a, this was going to be a Halloween uh, episode that's been in the works for two weeks. Um, every time something happens, something comes up, plans change. I throw it out the window. I think we're probably going to throw it out the window this week. Um, it's a spooky I, curse on the Halloween episode. I just I like Halloween. I like horror. I like wrestling. I want to talk about it. But then I, uh, people keep dying. I love horror movies. We so I, I we can not talk about wrestling for a little bit. Uh, so my my wife, um, uh, Hillary. And I can uh, only hear that in the Borat voice when you say it. That yeah, you give it that my pause. Wife, right, yeah. Um, so she does not care for horror movies, uh, but because she is a, a kind person, um, every year around Halloween, I basically get like a week of carte blanche control of the, the VCR slash television remote. Um, and, uh, uh, I just, you can, by the way, you can tell how old I am that I referred to my PlayStation four and Blu-ray player as a VCR. Um, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do have a VCR too, but, but that's, that's what I was referring to. The, the machine that plays movies, um, the movie machine, look at it, the movie machine. Uh, so I, I get to plan like a week of horror movie watching. Um, and I know, I know that your, uh, fiance, congratulations, by the way, is I believe more of a horror movie fan. She is. She is. Uh, so you get, you get like year round watching, which I don't get. I'm sort of jealous of, but at the same time, uh, you know, th- having just one week, uh, like makes it very special for me. You know, it like it makes it feel like a holiday in some ways. I get that. I get that. I mean, I, I the one disclaimer is that my fiance oh, likes horror movies, particularly like bad horror movies. Sure, uh, sure. So it's really you know a blessing and a curse. Uh, yeah, it, it, we watched the movie called Afterlife the other week with Liam Nielsen and it was 
it was a trip. It was a real <laughs> trip. Um, but like she thinks Secret Life of Pets is a very good film. So she's just all over the place. Uh, I all love over her. The map. I love her. Yeah, good. Uh, so what has this week started? Or no, I, it's going to start next Wednesday. I think. I think I have a. I think I have. Yeah, maybe next next Monday or Tuesday. Um, I think next week going into Halloween is going to be my is going to be my week. How do you lay out that docket? Um, you know, every year I just sort of plan, you know, or like play things this year. I've put a little more planning into it and I think I'm going to go, um, by decade. I, you know, I, I sort of did an impromptu Twitter poll a few weeks ago and, and asked people what they would do, but I think I'm going to do one horror movie from each decade from the forties on forties. That's early. That's real early. It is real early, um, but you know, I, there's a couple movies I really like in the '40s, so I figured I would just start there and then move forward. You know, but interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, I have to kind of take a similar approach to the wrestling consumption, where I oh, yeah. have an hour or so every morning if I wake up early enough. Uh, to get stuff in, because at night it's it's cuddle time. It's uh-huh. putting a TV show on, eat dinner. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Right, the uh, rigmarole. The rigmarole. So it's a very much thinking about it in those last 15 minutes before going to bed. Okay, what's, what's the goal in the a.m.? Because um, <laughs> every second counts when... Uh, you're working with an hour. You know, you would think an hour is like, eh, that's, you can, they can fit multiple matches in that amount of time. I am very slow, and it takes me a while to get things set up. Um, so knowing where I'm going before I'm up is important. Right. Wrestling is like, I mean, people always make jokes regarding, um, like, streaming services and how, like, you know, you'll put on Netflix at 8.01 and then at 8.54, you'll be like, fuck Netflix. There's nothing good. And, you know, but like realistically, like wrestling has been like that for years. Like if you don't have a game plan, like you, you can get some serious like analysis paralysis regarding regarding wrestling consumption. Absolutely. I and there's so much wrestling to watch. Oh, uh, yeah. it's an impossible upsetting. amount. I don't know how people do it. Like the people that watch like, a, you know, like let's be honest here. Like you, you and I, uh, you know, and I, I say this somewhat flippantly, but like, we're, we're probably in what the top, I mean, realistically, like the top 1% of wrestler wrestling watchers. When you like uh, take into account the amount of wrestling we have seen over the course of our lives, the amount of time we have devoted to posting, on like DVDVR and PWO and Twitter and whatever else, right? Like we are the we are the 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 at the very peak. And yet every day I interact on the internet with people who watch vast amounts more wrestling than I do. I don't know how they do it. I don't either. I mean, granted like they're they're all probably younger than me. Right. Like they're all in college or whatever or just out of college. And like you just have more time in your day, you, you know, I'll forever so, like, be an 
awe of how Dylan Hales does it. Oh yeah, Dylan is unbelievable. I don't like. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. He's another level of human uh, yeah. that I don't think I'll ever reach, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, it's fine. You know, that's that's him. You know, um, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know where we were at. Wrestling is hard. You know, getting it all it in. I I've just subscribed to the the WWE Network again because I needed. To watch Halloween Havoc during the month of October. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, you know, the, I, I'll make I'll make two comments regarding Halloween wrestling. I mean, we may make more. But one, like, I remember when I first got the WWE Network. And, like, one of the things that I did pretty early on was watch the Chamber of Horrors match. Why um, not? And, like... I'm going to be honest with you, like, that match is pretty good. Like, I don't see why it gets a bad rap. Like, I don't even think the finish takes a long time, but, like, it's not an especially bad finish, you know? And, like, the the effects or whatever you want to call it, like, the the explosion, the electricity, like, I've been to plenty of death matches or watched plenty of Japanese death matches uh, that have like chintzier looking stuff than that, you know, like uh, I'll give a good example, a match that I really love um, the the Sammy Callahan, Danny Havoc cage of death match from what, 2010 or 11 or whatever it was. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Like when they're up on top of the scaffold. And they, there's the, like, the battery-charged electric barbed wire up there. And they, like, push uh, each other's face into it. Like, that looks way worse than the Chamber of Horrors finish. And that match rules. So I don't see why... why I don't, I don't know why I'm comparing them, really. But, but like, it, the end result here is that I think the Chamber of Horrors is a... Not an overlooked classic, but an, an unnecessarily criticized piece. I like those kind of big set piece sort of matches that are yes. like just I want a little dumb fun. Yeah. You know like honestly the you know like there's all those studies where um you get more enjoy like people spoilers increase your enjoyment of something sometimes, you know, or yeah. um you know like there's the 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 phrase from theater like Chekhov's gun where if you introduce a gun in the first act of a play you know it's going to get used in the second act of the play like there wrestling is inherently pretty simple you, you know and like i think often we get caught up in this idea of like defying our expectations but there's something like really uh, you know heartwarming i guess or like really important to me about occasionally you just want a match where like there's a big thing that you know is gonna happen and then it happens you know like and and that's the end and that's what you were looking forward to um like sometimes you just need payoff even though you know it's coming you know and it's the it's the journey that gets to the payoff that's the the interesting part everyone knows shane mcmahon's gonna jump off the cell Exactly, right? Like, that's the only reason why people watch those matches or watch any Shane McMahon matches. And, like, by and large, like, you know, uh, 
are some of them failures because the moments before him jumping off are so terrible? Like, yeah, probably. But some of them are also successes because, like, it's not so bad leading up to it. And then he does that and it's exactly what you want. And it pays off because, like, it's what you pictured in your head while you were thinking about it, you know? And honestly, I think I've come to terms with some moments can just exist in vacuum. As long as they look cool, I'm going to go back and just watch those moments in sure. short, condensed form without context. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the that's the WWE's entire, like, platform for how wrestling should be consumed at this point. Like, I wrote, uh, not a long thing, but, like, in a, in a, I forget what pay-per-view it was, but there was some point uh, where, where Voices of Wrestling was short a person on a WWE pay-per-view review. And so they were like, hey, do you do you want to sub in? So I said, sure. Um, and, like, so I was reviewing a Baron Corbin match, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, like, Baron Corbin gets, I don't know, not unfairly shit on, but, like, I think he's viewed as, like, a pretty mediocre worker, right? Uh, in some way. And, like, that's probably true. But, like... You can tell the way Baron Corbin was trained was to, like, wrestle in a way that pushes forward a narrative to get to specific, like, gifable spots, for lack of a better term. And, like, all of his gifable spots are really well-timed and really well put together. Um, so, in some ways, like, Baron Corbin is very good the style of wrestling that the performance center was clearly trying to teach him, you know, like they, they are focused on creating, you know, moments and, and that people say that uh, to the point where it's like a meme almost, you know, but like it's true of their big shows and it's true of their matches, you know, like there are memorable spots within matches and like, Baron Corbin has very good timing and is able to hit like the deep six or whatever other moves he has at like at very, very interesting and notable ways uh, in ways that capitalize on the camera work of WWE shows. And, uh, you know, it's, it's clearly what they want out of performers like him, you know, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. It's what they want. Like, and if you're watching WWE television, like, you should go into it uh, knowing that that's how they're gonna shoot their shows, and that's how they're gonna train their wrestlers moving forward. Like, that should be your expectation. You shouldn't punish people for wrestling in that style, you know, uh, because you don't like that style or that direction. You know, it's just also typically why I don't watch a ton of. WWE pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite the whole aesthetic uh, that I like. The whole right. presentation, the whole um, pacing, and what they built to uh, just isn't isn't my cup of tea. Typically, sure. yeah. I mean, like I like you. Know, I watch Puebla more than I watch any other show. Uh, you know, like I love watching Puebla every week, but that's like objectively a terrible wrestling show. Like I don't, 
you know? So who am I to judge people that watch Raw, SmackDown, and Main Event religiously, you know? I don't know how people do it, but yeah. good well, for them. Like, I don't know, like, I don't understand why if you're going to devote six to nine hours a week to watching wrestling, why you would make it, you know, current day WWE. But again, like, that's not my decision to make, you know? Like, that's not, I'm not judging anyone for doing that. I need to be stimulated by so many different kinds of wrestling for my interest to keep up at this point. Um, Halloween Havoc 2000. Fun fact. Bad stage. No no fun cosmetics to it. I don't know what why I'm throwing the, this at you. What was the card for Halloween Havoc 2000? Because I, I, I want a rundown of this card. I, I very much do not remember what I watched. Right, that would I'm going to look it up on... Get, fill some time while I look this up on Wikipedia. That would have been very too much, but all I knew was, hey, let's see what all of these venues are looking like, these ramps are looking like for this awesome event because if I was playing the uh, old WCW video games, Halloween Havoc, that's on the top of the list for venues I'm going to play every day. Uh, every match, that's where I'm going because I love it. I love the atmosphere and then when I came to this one, I was just like, oh, come on. The one thing you had going for you, nifty stages for Halloween Havoc and you didn't deliver. And I was like, I don't need this. I got to go. Right. Then Sean Stasiak appears, and I'm like, I got, I really got to go. There's other wrestling to watch. We're, uh, all right, so I'm going to run down the card for Halloween Havoc 2000. I've got it up on Cage Match here. So first things first, we've got a world tag team title triangle match, which is Mark Jindrak and Sean O'Hare defeat Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. and the Boogie Knights, who were Alex Wright and Disco Inferno. Uh, in 10 minutes. Um, this match actually Meltzer rated it three and a half stars, which in 2000, like that's a, that's a solid match. Like I actually kind of want to go back and watch that now. Cause that usually means a match is pretty good. Uh, if Meltzer gave it three, if Meltzer gave a WCW 2000 match, three and a half stars, like that's, that's There's a value there. Commitment. There's value there. I think. Um, Cause the, the, the Meltzer stars are a sliding scale. We all know that. Um, all right. Uh, also, I want to make a make note that the the commentary team was apparently a four man booth of Tony Schiavone, Mark Madden, Stevie Ray, and Conan. That sounds horrifying. Um, all right. Four man booth. That's that's what you want. Four man booth all times. Yeah. I hope maybe like I don't, I'm not gonna go back and watch this, but like maybe. Maybe it was two two-man booths. Did they have... No. It, they No, right? It's got to be a... I would hope so. That yeah. would just increase the charm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, there's a hardcore title match where Reno defeats Sergeant AWOL. Um, there's a tag team match of uh, Corporal Cajun and Lieutenant Loco versus Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak. Who is Lieutenant Loco? Uh, oh, is that Chavo? It was Chavo, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, there's a mixed tag match with Conan and Tigress. Conan, d- double duty on this show. I'll bet he got paid twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he defeated Shane Douglas and Tori Wilson. Wow. Um, 
there's a oh, this is the show. All right. There's a DNA first blood match between Buff Bagwell and David Flair. It's a, a rather famous match in the, the annals of late WCW history. Um, Mike Sanders defeated the cat by countout in a three round kickboxing match for the WCW commissioner position. Um, there's a U.S. heavyweight match which was a two-on-one handicap match. It's good. Uh, Sounds like it works out. That's yeah. math. <laughs> which was Hugh Morris versus Jim Duggan and Lance Storm. Uh, Hugh Morris won. This show is heavy on the Misfits in action. Uh, really. Like, really heavy on the Misfits in action. Um, there's a singles match between Jeff Jarrett and Sting that went just over or just under 15 minutes that's that's probably the work rate classic of the show right uh, classic rivalry yeah that will continue um, for for years and years for years and years yeah uh, then there was a the world heavyweight title match did not main event that was booker t uh, retaining against scott steiner by dq um and then the main event Three minutes and 43 seconds, Goldberg defeating both members of Chronic in the second handicap match of the show. Can't make this stuff up. Yeah. That's that professional is, wrestling. That is a card right there. Um, man, who is booking <laughs> Halloween Havoc 2000? Is that a Russo card? I, I feels like it. It feels like it. Yeah, all the matches are pretty long, though. Uh, and I don't see any, like, weird finishes. So this may have been just, like, a Kevin Nash. Just special. winging it. Just winging it. You know? Ah, well, throw some names out there. We'll do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping there's, like, some some way to work out a Jeff Jarrett versus Sting GFW matchup down the line. Because that would <laughs> give me great joy. Yeah, why not? Continue it. It's drawn everywhere. It's right. Big money. Big money, yeah. No whammies, no whammies. <laughs> so, uh, the other thing outside of Halloween Havoc has been watching a lot of death matches because that feels also very seasonal. Yeah. Uh, I getting... Death matches rule. I can I... talk about death matches. Can you talk about de- death matches there, Jer? I love them. I, you know, I really do. So, like, I, I make this argument with, with people, and I do think we're reaching a point, like, where uh, Sam, you've been you've been within the the IWC as it were for for a long time, just like me. And you were an ROH fan a decade ago, just like me. Am I correct in this? Yes, that is correct. And I feel like the IWC when we were first dipping our toes in the proverbial water uh, was very anti death match. Um, that it was it was viewed as something that only lesser workers did um, because it covered up their their flaws, you know, and that it was just stunt shows or what have you. Um, I think now people are uh, maybe uh, I won't say a majority. Let's say a larger minority of people are coming around to the the idea that that death matches are. Uh, a skill set, um, just as much as uh, as anything else, is a skill set. You know, 
Like, realistically, for me, I see a good deathmatch worker in the same light as someone like Timothy Thatcher, who really only performs in one very specific style that, you know, turns some people off and, and really uh, other people enjoy very, very much. Um, if, I will say, if you're not willing to step in the ring, Nick Gage, and have a death match, I question your wrestle of the year case. But, um... I mean, I'll also say, like, I mean, we can talk about Nick Gage. Like, I think Nick Gage is one of the most engaging performers on the independents right now, if not the most engaging performer. I find him uh, absolutely electric. Like, I uh, I love, like, I think, uh, boy, I don't want to say this and sound as though I'm judging other wrestling fans, but, like, I think that there is a a group of vocal wrestling fans that um, one of the reasons, one of the, the changes in recent years in wrestling uh, on the independent level is that you can engage with almost any independent wrestler, right? And you can, like, get to know them, maybe not on a personal level, but, like, you can say hi to them at shows and, like, they're going to be nice to you and... You know, you can buy their merch and you can interact with them on Twitter, you know, and like that's a really great thing, you know, and I think it helps us hold wrestlers accountable uh, on some sort of moral level, I guess. Um, But like there is something to be said for performers like Nick Gage, who like I fully believe he is exactly who he is in the ring, you know, and like sometimes I just still need to go to a show and like hear Nick Gage come out to Metallica and be like, Oh shit. Like Nikki's going to fuck this guy up. MDK, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was at that, uh, that blind pig show that they did um, in the, you know, which was, I think basically just like, a, um, you know, it was in the CZW, uh, you know, where they train their academy. Um, there's a Sunday afternoon show. The and, like, dojo? Had, like, at the, in the dojo, yeah. Um, and uh, they had a, like, a good long main event between um, MJF and David Starr. Um, and then, like, after the main event, um, Nick Gage comes out and, like, gets in the ring and can't get a microphone to work. So he just starts screaming at everybody. Like, he's like, I'm the greatest fucking wrestler in the deathmatch wrestler in the world. I'm the fucking king. Like, you know, just like hollering at people. And the, the dojo is small. So, like, there is one row of seats. So, like, everyone is front row, you know? And, uh, and like, everyone is just sort of like cheering and being like, yes, you are. Yes, you are, you know? And, like, MJF is in the ring and he's like, he says, no one is disagreeing with you. Like, please just let me leave, you know? And, like, it it felt for a minute like someone was actively scared because they didn't know if Nick Gage was just going to start fucking them up or not. And I need that in wrestling. I need unhinged people to enjoy wrestling. It's why I like Roosh. It's why I like L.A. Park. Because I think that those guys are truly assholes that are just out for themselves 
and just want to fuck people up sometimes. And that's maybe that's like a broken piece of me, but like that's sort of what I want out of wrestlers. It's not that I want wrestlers to take liberties no, with people. No. Yes. I you know, and and like to be fair, like I don't and someone may correct me if I'm if I'm wrong and you know, maybe people just disagree in terms of the the overall, you know, um effect of, of deathmatch wrestling but like i don't feel as though nick gage is known for taking liberties with other performers you know uh, same with the other people that i mentioned uh, if you want to correct me on twitter or whatever you can um and i'll reevaluate but it feels like he would and that's an important distinction you know Rouge potentially working more indies i you know that that may change i feel like he'll just drop kick someone for the sake of it um, i can see that happening i get i mean but like you're also ignoring the fact that like if roosh is in there with someone who he doesn't know like his effort will be so low <laughs> that like i don't like he may like he may view it too big of an ordeal to kick somebody hard you know like that may be too much energy for roosh to use that's fair that's fair yeah uh Nick Gage, I, I think he may have taken a small part of Jimmy Lloyd's life away, but that is <laughs> that's a partial on Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was yeah, getting I also into. feel like like that's sort of Jimmy Lloyd's gimmick, right? Of like guy who like goes in there to get fucked up by other dudes. Like you know, I feel like Jimmy Lloyd is in on the joke. I yeah. don't hate it. Yeah, it's a good joke. It's a good bit. He does it well. <laughs> um, yeah, I want people like that in wrestling as well. I want those that'll just go out there, die for our sins, and it'll be a religious experience. Um, what did I, did, was it Phil Schneider who used to call them squishies on the on the Schneider comps? <laughs> I, I had not heard that term before. Yeah, I think I think he referred to like the job guys in, in squash matches as squishies, which I love. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. We need more good verbiage in 2017. Yes. Wrestling. I feel like we've given up creating new terms. We we got we were at grapple fuck and then we just gave up. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that you know, like there was pushback from the the wrestlers about grapple fuck, uh, and so now they're now people are gun shy. But just be the change you seek in the world, people. If you, do, you don't like need you approval are, from the boys. Just yeah, just do it. From the boys, yeah, just do it. That's why it's good when there's a divide between fans and wrestlers. You know, you can just say it. Just say whatever you want. Church and state. Yeah. Not quite the same, but close enough. It's not the same at all, but but that's fine. (laughs) You know, I get your point. Um, In in this metaphor, by the way, who, who, just pray tell, are are the fans of the church and the wrestlers the state, or is it vice versa? This is a very good, very good question. I (laughs) want to call wrestlers the church. Okay, that's fine. I can see that. Um, Um, Yeah, and then, you know, the the fans of the people, right? The, The populace. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I got it. All right. Uh, that makes There's some worshiping going on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm glad we solved this. We set, we settled it. Um, I was hoping to get a, at least eight minutes out of that. We didn't. I. <laughs> wow, I let you down big time then. I gave you eight <laughs> seconds, maybe, on a good day. Yeah, well. But, so, um, yeah. Death matches. Death matches. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that 
in some ways we're we're going through a bit of a deathmatch revival in the moment and like um as loath as i am to to do it uh i have to give credit to to um someone in in the british wrestling scene i think that a lot of it is due to jimmy havoc um i would say and, a portion yeah yeah you know and i think that well i think that he's like one like a, a pretty good deathmatch performer um and I think that he's a, a deathmatch draw, but I think that he attracted new eyes to uh, to the deathmatch scene. You know, like um, I'll give credit uh, to Lady J, um, who is obviously a you know a big fan of progress and a big fan of Jimmy Havoc. Um, and I think that um, like a lot of other fans, sort of viewed it uh, viewed deathmatch wrestling um, for you know, go, uh, throughout her fandom as, as sort of like low entertainment or something that, you know, she just wouldn't be interested in that. It felt sleazy or, or what have you. Uh, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but, but you get the general uh, idea. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I, I believe, and I could be wrong, you know, if she listens to this, she can correct me. Um, but she wrote about this on her blog, um, that she went to tournament of death to see Jimmy Havoc, who was a performer that she really admired, uh, because of his work in progress. Um, and uh, she was sort of shocked to learn that death matches um, can have just as powerful a narrative um, as, as you know, quote unquote, legitimate matches. Um, you know, that, that throughout Tournament of Death, you know, there was sort of like a consistent through line and it was really well booked and each match individually told a story and... Uh, I think that it really surprised her. And I don't think she's alone in that. I think that for people who watched um, some of these recent uh, deathmatch tournaments like Nick Gage's or like um, uh, like Tournament of Death or even on a, on a, a slightly different note, but a similar scale, the um, the Cage of Death from last year with, uh, with Janella and, you know, like a big turn. Like, I think that people watch those now and realize that that they are not just like blood and gore and guts uh, but there's like there's a a spectacle to them and there's a uh, an intensity and there's a, a narrative to them that I think is is really powerful or can be really powerful in the right hands um, so yeah no I think Blood often makes wrestling better. Uh, yeah, it's not, I agree 100%. Not I mean, always the case, uh, but I think in a, in a good handful of circumstances, it'll give it a few notches uh, above the usual. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, blood Blood is uh, blood is like ice cream. That's, this is, this is going to be a labored <laughs> metaphor. But like, <laughs> we're... <laughs> Like it, you, or uh, blood is birthday cake. That's better. All right, birthday cake. Oh, so good. Okay, birthday cake is good every once in a while, right? Like it's a special thing. It's an occasion. Like on your birthday, birthday cake is awesome. On somebody else's birthday, birthday cake is awesome. But like, you don't want to eat birthday cake every day. I mean, I might. I might. You sure? No, 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 no. That's a, that's a good. That's a good rebuttal. You think you might, right? You think you might because you're a child. Um, 
<laughs> no, but but like, but th- th- that's very true, right? But like, if you started to eat birthday cake after every meal, you would soon come to the conclusion that like, you know what? The reason I love birthday cake is not because birthday cake tastes great. It's because birthday cake is something that makes me happy because I associate it with special occasions and moments in my life. And blood is the same in wrestling. It's not blood that makes matches better. It's that blood adds something to matches that I think are great. It's that it's a it's that extra little thing. You know? I guess, I guess. <laughs> I just I love it. I think the the gigging works for me. Sure, but like if if you were if this like I mean I think that you see it in in uh in in like when if you go back and you watch WCW and WWE from the late nineties and early two thousands like it, like what, d- blood didn't mean nearly as much to me when uh, people were blading like twice a night on Raw y- you know I just want a quick shoot headbutt get a little get a little ooze going. Um, yeah, and bring go. it home. Do a little. <laughs> give yourself a little bit of a concussion. Just work yourself, work yourself out. Um, sure. I guess that's up to I, you, uh, the performer. I do not. I. I, I feel. Uh, did you watch Pueblo last night? My power actually went out, so I could not watch Pueblo. I did uh, not. Okay. I did not. I. I believe there was actually blood uh, in the. The Rouge Marco Corleone, Mark Jindrak, a second Mark Jindrak mentioned this evening, um, uh, uh, match that was the main event of Pueblo last night. And I have to go back and rewatch it. And if that's true, that's really interesting um, because CMLL uh, is much like the WWE, has a, has a very strict no blood policy. And even in like um, their big Anniversario main events, um, we didn't see any, we haven't seen blood for, for a few years, you know? Um, but, uh, but I guess, you know, I, I think Rouge basically has carte blanche to do whatever he wants at this point. Uh, that's what it seems like to me. What are you going to do? Take him out? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Cows. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I, I want to give some props to Nick Gage once again, though, for kind of the current sort of revival. We're seeing him and game changer wrestling in the United yeah. States. Uh, Without without them, we're two deathmatch tournaments down uh, in a given year. Right. Not sure. Uh, how, yeah, how I think I think Nick Gage has done uh, a ton for for deathmatch wrestling. You know, I think that's um, that's really apparent. I also think um, that uh, that Joey Janela has too. I mean, not that he has been in a ton of deathmatches this year, but I think that like even his matches with Leo Rush which are not death matches per se, but like just the, the sheer spectacle of those matches has made people more, uh, you know, open to the idea of, of big spots and mass violence in their matches. I mean, he takes those death match, uh, tendencies into his regular bouts, building into these big, elaborate, violent spots. Um, and that just makes it kind of bridges that gap, like Jimmy Havoc's did. It's in my eyes, it's kind of similar, right? Um, 
bring it into a different form that we're not kind of used to. Um, so it's, it feels out of place in a way uh, and kind of cuts things in the middle. I think like the Darby Allen match from SCI, it's high spectacle. Um, the Leo Rush matches, especially the last one, high spectacle. Uh, if death matches don't make sense in my eyes, if there's not a air, strong air of spectacle to it. Um, or, or the sense that anything could happen. Yeah. Right? But I like, I like uh, elaborateness to a degree. I like something that feels bigger than a wrist lock. Um, where something, something could go wrong. It probably won't. It hopefully won't. But it could go wrong. Um, or Leah Rush is going to just pop up after Powerbomb through a, a table. Yeah, maybe you'll do that. You Set know? the I business back millions of years. <laughs> the dinosaurs are around. That's how back you through the business. Did anyone send that to Rip Rogers? That seems like something somebody should do. <laughs> um, the end game changer wrestling has the partnership with DTU. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of bridging that deathmatch area internationally, bringing in DTU, rest- DTU wrestlers in for Nick Gage's tournament. Uh, having Matt Riddle face Nick Gage in a just a straight up death match. I, that's what it wasn't. It wasn't a traditional match. There was a light tube busted. It was the stuff. Um, I uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. Matt Riddle. I mean, that dude. That dude is in in his heart like uh, a death match wrestler. You know, like because he just wants to do his own thing. And, like, probably would not mind getting paid in weed. Um, and, like, I think those are the those are the two qualifications that you need to be a deathmatch wrestler. Very true. Very like, true. Like, realistically, Matt Riddle is no different than the Necro Butcher. Like, they're basically the same guy. Basically. Same level of I... athleticism, I would say. Same general body type, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I... Hmm. I... Uh, Matt it just has a little bit more hair on the head. Other than that, just a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You really but Necro makes up for it with the beard. They probably have the the same amount of hair total. <laughs> um, now I and now I'm looking at Game Changer Wrestling's next card. I'm getting excited. Yeah. Professional wrestling's in a good spot. Deathmatch wrestling is in a is in a really good spot. Uh, even with Tremont retiring, I think. The uh, we're not we're not going to miss a beat. Uh, can I can I talk also? Um, I uh, I know I I sound probably earlier on this podcast I I probably sounded like I was shitting on fans or or the like new style of of fan interaction at wrestling shows and how it how it impacts our our viewing or what have you. But like I I, I do want to say and not that he'll ever listen to this, but like. Uh, Matt Tremont, in, in my experience, you know, uh, in CZW shows and, and other indies that he's run around here, um, uh, is has always been tremendous with fans. Um, and I think he's done so in a way that, like, kept his aura, you know, like, he, you know, he, he just, like, sort of, he used the interactions that he had with fans 
in a way that like boosted him as this like mega face in the CZW arena, you know, in the flyer skate zone. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Somewhere else now, right? Yeah, I, I I liked the new look of the venue. I just can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's got blue floors, and I, my favorite color is blue. So you know, it's yeah, there you go. it wins. Yeah. I, uh, I have not been to the new CZW spot yet. Although I did uh, one time go to uh, the CZW, the, the Flyers Gate Zone, um, uh, and see a CZW show. And the for those of you who have not gone to, to the Flyers Gate Zone, uh, there are, like, when CZW is there, they... they have one place closed off and that's where the the ring is um but the two there are two other ice skating rinks like you know still open and um in this particular evening um and it it i guess it was a friday night although no no it had to have been a saturday night yeah that makes sense obviously um there there was uh, a czw show in one area a youth hockey game in one area um and then the third like open skate area had been rented out by like what must have been 70 to 100 orthodox jews (laughs) um and it was like the greatest mix of humanity uh of all time i loved every second of it that sounds like true joy in one yeah. place. Also, in that evening, the uh, I believe this is the last time that they that they've let us do this. Uh, so they used to let um, people waiting for CZW uh, entry to line up um, inside, like in the second hockey arena, and sort of wrap around the the hockey. Um, but this was a um, we were doing so, and there was a youth hockey game. This is the same evening, and a kid was on a like hockey breakaway, um, you know, with the puck, and he's probably like nine or ten, um, and he he slipped uh, and ruined his breakaway and sort of face planted and slid, <laughs> and the and the CZW fans chanted, "You fucked up." at this kid that's so uh, poor kid but yeah what a that what a who um did the kid cry did no, it break I mean, I him he just kept playing hockey like I mean, it, it wasn't like a bad injury or anything he just fell like like you felt like you fall when you're ice skating fast you know? no but like then you have just a whole bunch of i'm gonna assume bearded middle-aged ASME, late 20s yeah. men uh, <laughs> making fun of you while you're just trying to play some hockey. Yeah. That's demoralizing. It is demoralizing. I uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that kid playing team sports already puts him a leg up on, like, most of the people who would chant, you fucked up, at a 10-year-old. <laughs> so, like, maybe he got valuable perspective that day on, on like, where his life is and where it's going and where other people end up. Oh, uh, goodness. I, I went to the Flyer Skate Zone once um, when I was 19 for a, a Best of the Best. 
Uh-huh. I think I was 19. I don't know. It's hard to date it. I just know I couldn't stay at a normal hotel because who, I wasn't uh, 21 who yet. Who won that best of the best? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I just remember kind of who was in it. I I think the finals was Alex Cologne versus Jonathan Gresham, but that could be very wrong. Was that the was that the best of the best where the um, Sammy Callahan and Adam Cole had their the yes. last match against each other? Yeah, all right. I was there. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I brought my my then girlfriend, uh, now now wife, uh, to that show, uh, and it is the only time she has gone to a wrestling show with me where afterwards she told me she did not want to go to that particular promotion ever again. Goodness gracious! Yeah. I don't remember anything on that show that would have have done that, but I think didn't um didn't Rory Mondo get hurt in like a deathmatch spot gone wrong? Uh or somebody somebody did. It may not have been Rory Mondo, but uh somebody there there was like an iffy deathmatch spot in the middle of that show. But her complaint was not really about the wrestling. It was about uh this like random 13 year old boy um, that was like in the crowd that kept staring at her and chewing with his mouth open, uh, which she found, you know, like pretty off putting. So totally understood. Totally understood. You went at him at Jimmy Lloyd, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that that date works out. Correct. Um, I'm taking my fiance to her first wrestling show this Sunday. Oh, okay. So I will I will pour back and see if she never wants to go back to Old Forge PA. Yeah. I mean as long as your marriage is intact, then that's really all that matters afterwards, you know? Yep. That's Has she has she watched wrestling with you on television before? No. Okay. So this this is like she's going in totally blind. <laughs> this is a whole new experience. Okay. Um, I mean, is it? Are you? Is this the Powerbomb TV? Is that this weekend? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she's in. She's in for what's the card? I don't know the card. Uh, it's the Independent Championship semifinals and finals with Fly Warrior versus Jonathan Gresham, um, and Deshaun Pratt versus Joey Lynch. Those are probably going to be the. The keys yeah. things, sure. But also, Orange Cassidy versus Ultramantis Black was announced today. Oh, that's cool. That'll be fun. Jordan Grace versus Andrus Lane. I saw them wrestle in in um, Nova Pro once. It was good. I think they're representing Nova Pro, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Gresham versus Puma. Oh, okay. Wait, no. John Silver versus Puma. Uh, okay. That that makes a lot more sense. Um, so I am I am looking forward to it. Um, hopefully she does not have a terrible time. I told her she did not have to go if she did not want to. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. No, that's that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? She's I mean, like, we've gone we've gone this far talking about death matches and things tangentially related to death matches without really discussing the necro butcher in depth and i think that that <laughs> how can i have you in a podcast without that, talking 
that uh, shows tremendous you. restraint on my part. Well I mean, done. Yeah. Um, but I guess I guess I'll say this, and you know, for 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 your listeners, uh, you know, maybe this does not apply, but uh, for some people who maybe have have their curiosity has been piqued by this modern resurgence of American deathmatch wrestling. Um, and you, you think that it's just a, a, a recent thing and that deathmatch wrestling from 10 years ago or so, uh, or 15 years ago was not as good. Uh, I would love to point you in the direction of IWA Mid-South and the Necro Butcher because there are some true gems from that time period. Um, his stuff against Toby Klein is amazing. Uh, that's that's those are matches that I rewatch pretty frequently. Um, yeah, there's a, someone gets hit with a VCR uh, in that match, um, which is pretty great. Um, and of course, you know, like I, I know they're not death matches in the, the strictest sense of the word, but like the Joe stuff with Necro is also just really tremendous viewing. And I would uh, I would encourage everyone to watch it. Um, yeah. Necro Butcher, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I had him. I had him 31st on my GWE ballot. Uh, he was. He was uh, in between Super Porky and Johnny Saint. I don't. That's an, that's an interesting list. I'll that's be a real trio with right there. That's a war trio if ever there was one. <laughs> uh, now, very much loosely related, New Jack, uh, his last New Jack's last match was against Necro Butcher. New Jack, yeah. he's going to be peering for. Innovate Wrestling, which is the former NWA Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Oh, okay. Which is just very good stuff because that's not a place I would imagine would be giving New Jack money to appear uh, in <laughs> Johnson City, Tennessee. So, Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the gangsta's original run in Smoky Mountain is, is awesome, you know? That's, that's so true, but also, I don't <laughs> know if that – it's a very family-friendly crowd. Ah, okay. Um, I went there once a couple years ago, and it was very much a family outing for everyone in attendance there. Um, <laughs> a good, a good variance of young children, um, kind of people in their mid twenties, and old women. So, uh-huh. uh, so, I mean, for some people in the crowd, it could be a learning experience, you know. <laughs> New Jack's going to teach some stuff to these kids. They're not going to see it coming. (laughs) Um, The last time I saw New Jack wrestle was at um, Necro Butcher's, like, um, you know, official retirement show. He's done some stuff after that, but mostly just appearances. Um, And uh, New Jack was on the card, and he was supposed to wrestle Phil Baroni. Um, But I guess Phil Baroni uh, no-showed. Um, so Phil Baroni chickened out. Chickened out. Um, and so what they ended up having New Jack do 
uh, in like, and this is like one of the great things about indie wrestling and how like it's always sort of flying by the seat of its pants, you, you know? So they, they, instead of having New Jack have a match, they they put on a match with kaiju big battle wrestlers like they had like a kaiju big battle match in the middle of this show Uh. sure hello you still there JR. You cut out. Oh, well, I ruined a great story then. Um, but So they have this kaiju big battle match, right, in the middle of the show. And then as these, like, monsters are fighting each other, Natural Born Killers hits. And New Jack comes out and just fucks up some kaiju big battle monsters. Just destroys them with trash cans and whatever else he's got on him, um, and, which of course everybody loved, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was like the perfect. Why wouldn't you? Crowd. Yeah, I mean, why? Like, what? Like, that's tremendous. I, Sounds I, fantastic. I imagine that would get over on like literally any show in the country. Um, Someone called Gabe. He his shows are a little slagging right now, so um, you need a new Jack. Throwing trash cans at kaiju, kaiju folk. I would watch New Jack versus Zack Saber Jr. in a heartbeat. By the way, if Gabe booked New Jack right now, like Evolve was automatically the best promotion in the country. Uh, but uh, Evolve should book Nick Gage, by the way. Um, but uh, so New Jack comes out and he fucks up these wrestlers, right? Uh, these monsters, and then he cuts a promo about Phil Baroni. Or he says, he's like, I don't know who the fuck Phil Baroni is, but it's a good thing he didn't show up because I brought my knife and I was going to fucking stab him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I believe him. I yeah. believe him. I 100% believed him. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, we need those unhinged characters in professional wrestling. Yeah. Right. Um, that same night, I, uh, I also, I was sitting very close to uh to like the entrance ramp and the curtain to backstage um uh and um teddy hart had a match on that show and uh i'm sitting there and all of a sudden homicide comes out and is standing next to me and homicide goes yo how many moonsaults teddy did um because apparently (laughs) all the boys had a a running like bet like a pool of how many moonsaults Teddy Hart would fit into his like 11 minute match um so uh, I don't remember how many he had done by the oh, way oh boo uh which you know would really make the story the I payoff get, to the I, story was not yeah, there yeah I'm sorry um uh, but uh but then you know homicide I don't think homicide won because he was mad when I told him the amount um but uh, I should get the show again, and that way I can I can count the number of moonsaults. Yeah, I'm sure it's on DVD somewhere. That's important. I we yeah. need this. It's research. This is what I spend my money on. Right. <laughs> There's nothing else 
worth your cash other sure. than this. Yeah. Um. We we talked oh, we talked off matches. We talked Necro Butcher now. Yeah. New Jack, potentially stabbing a former UFC fighter. And porn star. Yeah. And porn star. I did not know this. Yeah, I think Phil Brown did some porno. That's just it's almost disappointing. Um, he would have probably done great in Rob Black's fed. <laughs> probably headliner. Ooh. I I heard Vinny Massaro was supposed to f- face Phil Baroni, so now I'm doubly interested. Ah, yeah, that'll be. I'll 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 have to. I'll talk to Vinny about it. That'll be good. <laughs> uh, hope hope Vinny shoots at him. Um, <laughs> show him to respect the business. Yeah, this is how real shooters work. Whisper that news here. Um. <laughs> I've got nothing else. We we talked some slight Halloween action. Yeah. Which, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles here. And I All right, all right. We'll, 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 we'll bring it back. We'll finish up with, with Halloween. And, and you have to go first because I have to formulate my answer while you talk. So the Monster um, Mash is actually a good match. <laughs> um, um, if, if you were telling one person who was having like a, a horror pop culture evening at their house on Halloween. Like they're going to play some horror movies. They're going to play some, some spooky radio plays. Uh, They're going to listen to some spooky songs and they wanted to watch some spooky wrestling. Uh, You know what, what Halloween wrestling match would you, would you, would you put out there? I feel a grave consequences. The first one from Lucha Underground. That is a good call, actually. That's a really good call. That has a lot of the the themes that I would want out of that. It has a a very large man uh, putting a very severe beating on a smaller man. Um, And there's a casket involved. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about casket matches. Yeah, that opens up a whole new world. (laughs) Buried alive matches is all in the same same vein. Yeah, anything with the Undertaker, realistically. <laughs> you could just boil it down to that. Yeah. Um, I I know some people would suggest the first ever Hell in a Cell. Um, oh yeah, I I was thinking about the the Mankind versus Undertaker Hell in a Cell. I feel like that that also like I know people say that the Shawn Michaels Undertaker won. Like I, I someone on Twitter the other day I feel like said like that's booked like a horror movie. Um, and I guess I have to rewatch it to see, but I feel like the, the, the undertaker mankind one is, uh, would be a pretty good choice. A lot of undertaker matches are going to work here. I'm going to be real with you. It's true. Yeah. He's just got I that. The that I aura. thought going to be a stumper, but you know, realistically, it's just like, I ah, just put on a fucking undertaker match. Like, <laughs> oh, today. It'll work. Yeah. It'll work. Um, I had a slight list going, but I think Puerto Rico is a good territory to go to for stuff that feels very dangerous. Um, Some Los, and Los very, Pastores thrown in there. Very scary, yes. Um, Washington Vader, number three, versus Manny Fernandez. Oh, yeah, right. Well, the, the volcano of blood. <laughs> 
it's so unexpected. If you don't know it's coming, it just yeah. comes out of nowhere. It is some serious exorcist shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Vader number three versus Chicky Star. Uh-huh. Uh, scaffold match. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Scaffold matches. I, Heights. Very scary. Yeah, height is scary. I um, I wasn't kidding, by the way. I mean, I think that the the, the sheep herders stuff in Puerto Rico, like they've got that barbed wire match. Like there, there's some good, there's some good gory stuff from them there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I like the stuff that feels gory, dangerous. Typically there's that, uh, sense that there's a, definitely some going up against the odds situations. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of how maybe, I maybe, do most hey, horror films. Maybe that's why they booked so many handicap matches on that Halloween Havoc 2000 we talked about. <laughs> it's all about... Uh... It's all about overcoming insurmountable odds, you know? Wow, that that Kevin Nash, what a booker. Yeah, good level thinking. Right good there. lord. Uh, we should ask him on Twitter. That's what he... I mean, in 2017, he'd probably be considered a creative genius. Um, <laughs> But Woke Nash is a real good Twitter uh, presence. Yeah. yeah, like, 2017, like, by all objective standards, is, like, a shitty, shitty year, right? Like, lots of awful things are happening to me and people that I love. Uh, and, but, like, there is a silver lining in, like, these random celebrities and people that, like, you would not expect to have, like... I mean, and realistically, like, the bar is very low. Like, you wouldn't expect them to even have, like, opinions that you would take for granted in any other time of, like, ah, yeah, people should have, you know, like, basic human rights and whatever else, right? But, like, having people like Michael Buffer and Kevin Nash, like, speak out and be like, yeah, like, fuck this. Like, we need these things, you know, Uh, has been a very nice silver lining to this horror movie of a year. And I, I definitely thought Nash was the big old racist, so Yeah, I mean I would have I like honestly, like if any any wrestler, any any white wrestler, if you had if you were like, Hey, like do you think that they're problematic politically? I'd be like a hundred percent yes. Like safe bet every time. <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm gonna make money on this. You know, like maybe I lose a couple, whatever, like Kevin Nash, but like Pretty safe money to bet on the wrestler to have shitty opinions politically. But. 2017, what a year. Yeah, what um, a year. Not in a great way. Mm-mm. Wrestling, been pretty good. Yeah, um, wrestling's been alright. Would you say that 2017 has been a better year for wrestling than 2016? I have no idea. It's all a blur. I, I think I've been having this discussion since 2013, and I think I've given up. Yeah. Um, all of these years kind of blend together. Yeah. Uh, nothing really sticks out as being really head and shoulders above the other. Um, I feel like 2014 was a lower year, but that's about yeah. all I got here. I feel like 2017 people are going to look back on really fondly if they like Japanese wrestling because there's been uh, certainly Meltzer would say that this year is is a better year than most other years, right? I mean, it's it's got two six star matches, six star plus, six star plus even. 
Wow. I you told my I mean? fiance she was six and a quarter stars the other day. She didn't. <laughs> she yeah. didn't know how to take it. Do you think Dave's friend, who is an accurate star rater, would agree with your assessment of your fiance? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it matter. Doesn't what matter. He thinks. It's, it's, it's true. It doesn't matter. It's subjective, just like wrestling. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. I would have to. Re- I'd have to resort to spreadsheets. <laughs> and then get back to you on all these yearly questions. Use big log. Uh, all I know is this year is a, a good amount of matches that have really worked for me um, compared to some years where they aren't just great matches. They're matches that I appreciate uh, for doing something different. Yeah. Um, which doesn't always happen, especially in 2017 where – We've seen a whole lot about how things can be structured. Um, to see things occasionally break the norm is is fun. Yeah, I agree. Jared, we're going to wrap this up for the sake of I got nowhere else to go. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I, I feel like I made some cogent points, which is a rarity, you know, so. You were strong. You had a really lights up performance here tonight. I'm glad. Yeah, I totally I agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> Every time, knock it out of the park. This is yeah, significantly better than naming dinger, bad wrestlers. Dinger after dinger. Yeah. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was fun. I, I enjoyed talking with you, even though I uh, I admit I feel slightly guilty that you told me two weeks ago we were going to do a Halloween podcast, and in those two weeks, I maybe didn't care. Uh, D- yeah, you just didn't bring anything to the table in that regard. Zero research. In my defense, and you know, this is not going to make you feel any better, uh, but I, uh, before you had asked me to be on a podcast, somebody else had ad- asked me to be on a podcast, which I'm taping tomorrow, um, and uh, and that's about the Lucha ballot for the Juan Hall of Fame. And you don't need doing... research for that. What's that? You don't need research for that. That's well, just I, spit I that like out. I did. I, yeah, I mean, I like. But That's I what everyone with a ballot does. Point. Just you know, yeah. knock it out. Just first, knock it right out. I mean, like first five names clear. Down to sadly is like all of my research ends up being like eh, everybody but Vampiro deserves to be it. You know, but uh, just l- l- ask someone else, like two other people, who are they voting for, and then just vote for those same people. Yeah. I mean, if I had a ballot, that's what I'd do. I just I'd mirror Dylan's ballot. Sure. Just go give the melts. Uh, an email. Yeah. Say, hey, I've I've done homework. I need a ballot. I did. I did ask for a ballot last year from Dave, uh, and I sent receipts in terms of like this is why I deserve a ballot. I did not get a response. <laughs> Clearly, he doesn't think you deserve it. Never mind. My advice yeah. was bad. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be doing bring back the the Royal Ramble. I'm here. Yeah, I hear. I hear. Stephen finally got his computer fixed, so uh, I will. I will be on that next Monday. I uh, I suppose um, that is always a, a heck of a good time. A hoot, as you would say. It feels very adjacent to what I do here on a regular basis, um, which is yammering an awful lot. Yeah, I mean, we have no plan when we go into those i mean and, and it probably shows but like realistically like uh you know maybe this is like the problem with some podcasts um but like i think we do it for us like i think it's fun for steven to do it 
and like I enjoy the times when I'm on it, and I think the third guests when they're on it enjoy it. So like, you know, like I don't like. Is it is it frivolous? Like, sure, probably. But like, but you know, in a crowded podcast world, who fucking cares? Like, it's wrestling. It's all frivolous, you know. Exactly. Like I told Tanner, uh, just if you if you want to have a podcast, just have a podcast. Yeah. Just if fucking do it. You don't need to worry about if it's going to be successful. If you want to be successful, do the best you can at promoting and yada yada yada. Take all those steps. But then the day, if you want to have conversations with your friends and really kind of have those discussions and promote it and put it out there to the world for other people to listen to and see your thought process, uh, do that. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's one way we can all kind of be a part of the conversation. Uh, yeah. That's kind of silly, but uh, feeling like you have a voice sometimes is important. We're, when you're on Twitter, you are a sea of so many when you have a podcast you receive so many but when you're on the podcast it's you and someone else it's you and a few other people you can have your voice be heard even if it's just among a group of friends and then they'll at least for people that want to listen um hear you out so if you're thinking about starting a podcast just freaking do it and just do it have fun yeah. who cares you know that's fine if you're not approved by the boys, just um, block them. Yeah, just block everybody. Twitter's for blocking. Blocking and dunking. It's really just basketball. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, sports. Real sports. Do you want? Do you want to say your Twitter handle? I don't. This is up to you at this point. Yeah, of course. I'm at Wrestling Bubble. If you uh, if you want to if you want to come talk to me about things, I write. For many different websites, um, I uh, I probably have a couple pieces coming out pretty soon, but I don't know where. Um, but you can uh, see my stuff on wrestling at Paste uh, and at BOW, um, and then uh, you can see my stuff about board games if you want to talk about board games with me on um paste and uh okay very occasionally kotaku and a few other places so um yeah look me up on twitter uh i'm pretty active i'm pretty good about responding and i will i will gladly talk to you there about whatever fantastic this has been we don't know wrestling subscribe on itunes leave us a review i don't know why i'm saying us it's just me i don't know why the show's still called we don't know wrestling. It's a misleading title for the amount of people involved on a regular basis. Go back to Wasim Cat. I can't. I think I'll get sued. But I don't know if he's dead. He, I was told he died. Oh, no. Um, I feel bad. There's a lot of layers to this. He potentially also faked his death. So don't feel too bad. Um, Is he like the TNA guy? <laughs> Uh, there's, Wazim's the, he's an enigma. I, if he did die, I'm assuming he probably also left videos post, um, mortem to kind of. Lead you to buried treasure. Yep. Schedule some tweets way in advance. (laughs) Uh, getting ahead of this one. Thank you all for listening and thank you, JR, for being on. Of course. Bye.